Welcome to episode five of the Echo Chamber, powered by Elgato Wave. I am OK Mage, joined by Tobo, Meriz, and Zalia. Hello, hello, hello. 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 <laughs> How's everyone feeling today? Terrible. Good. Yeah. It was the McDonald's yesterday after your win, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations are in order, of course. Uh, the competition was surprisingly intense this weekend. Teams are really stepping up their game. And obviously, of course, Tobo, you guys did really, really well as well coming in uh, this weekend with Legendary. So we have a couple of different perspectives today. It's awesome to have you on as well. So we have a couple of things that we're going to go over today. We're obviously going to be talking about the nitty gritty of the competition itself. But there's a lot of other topics that we have to talk about in general as well the implementation of Augment, Evoker and a support class and how that's going to feel for the rest of the, the time in the game. Um, we have uh, much more to go over as well. We do have uh, merch going on as well, which is 20% off until the end of August. Do exclamation mark merch in the chat, echo TGP to get 20% off, call to action, let's go. <laughs> so to start with, how did you guys find this great push in comparison to previous ones. The competition was quite fierce this this time, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I can go ahead, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in general, it was really surprising how many teams actually like started to, to work towards qualifying, I guess, as well in the in the time trials. I think there were like a lot of teams that uh, played a decent amount of time and were actually like trying to really win and push for the like qualif qualification, of course. And what is good to see for the competition in MDI, sometimes they were in the past, I think, where some cups were not even fully filled in, in other regions and it was a little bit disastrous. So it's good that TGP has uh, more people playing. And then, of course, like the cups were very competitive, some of them, um, and very spicy towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, you guys had quite a few spicy moments. I think in the proving grounds, was it? Uh, you guys. You guys came second, but you had some uh, sneaky tech in freehold, which uh, helped you out uh, as well. Oh, that was a, it was a beautiful moment where everybody was so excited to play the great push. The time trials begin. I know Tobo can probably talk about his perspective on this one. <laughs> yeah. But then the first day we just come out and we go like double tank or whatever in this freehold. And everybody who was like, playing alive, pushing alive, and getting a team together to go great push. And then they're instantly met with, oh boys, who can play Blood DK? <laughs> so it's just, I mean, we hopefully took the entire competition by storm within the first hour. That was the goal there. Maybe Tobu. Yeah, I mean, we saw the DK and then we just like, we figured it out within like five minutes, like, oh, I guess. I guess that's how it works, you know, it's like, <laughs> I guess we have to do it too. Um, and then it was like, we just went older man for the rest of the day, I think. And then, um, and then I had to make like a bloody care of a night. And then like, I don't even know what half the spells did. So I had to like hit the dummies for a bit and stuff. So yeah, that's very, what I was going to ask. That was very actually. interesting. <laughs> yeah, because you're in the position where you have to suddenly make new characters, learn no, new rotations potentially as well. But like this uh, competition as well, the, you've seen quite a static comp more the so than other competitions. The uh, compositions have been quite set in stone. So I can imagine this season in particular, it'd be quite surprising when you'd have to prepare something else, right? 
I mean, yeah, the augmentation, or like the Godcom basically uh, has has met Blizzard with the chances that they're like, oh yeah, we know 10% here and there. And they kept on putting 10% of the comp and it was uh, still the best. And in the end, they, they now I'm probably going to nerf, nerf Mage again by like 8% or something, right, on Wednesday. And it will probably still be the best. So I don't know what Blizzard is actually going to do in the end. Like, are they going to like remove some things or buff all the other classes or whatnot? But I swear they just keep on nerfing it by 10%, but the comp will probably still be the best until like uh, something drastic ha happens. I don't know. It's really weird. So what do you guys think about the implementation of a support spec and going forward as well, if they start to put in more support specs, how does that feel in a raiding environment, Mythic Plus environment and a competition environment as well? Actually, I just want to say, I know Blizzard took my idea because I spoke about it, I think two to three years ago, that Elemental Shaman should be deleted from the game and re-implemented as augmentation evoker and then you would use the power of the elements to power your allies i spoke about that online one time and i think they they took that idea from me so obviously i'm uh, i'm for the idea so okay so we can blame you then no yeah exactly everyone oh. who hates augmentation just push it on ken yeah basically that that's what you're trying to say here that's okay i won the <laughs> tournament anyway Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, having a static comp can be quite good as well at the same time. How did that affect you guys in practice? Because I can imagine a lot of the working out what's best or what to play in each dungeon and each scenario was kind of taken away, right? Because you were just essentially playing the same thing. I think uh, usually we're really strong at adapting and re-rolling to new specs and whatnot. So going into this uh, let's say our first cup i was i was a little bit worried that uh, every team was just going to do the same keys and you would have to win on time and, and in the cup we got uh, well we got dominated by last minute which is a whole nother story but i think in in general uh, it wasn't that good for us that the comp was completely the same across the board obviously we love to go into details and uh, there are so many buttons that you can plan and uh, I should almost, uh, you should see our spreadsheet almost for the, the Brackenheit last boss. It's, just, it's so silly how many, how many buttons we have. And, uh, but I think in general, uh, we, we, we worked, uh, we didn't, we like to come in the end. We had yeah, so I think stuff to do. I, I mean, there was way too many things, yeah? like Ken said, every class, I mean, that's why it's such an insane thing and also hard to nerf because it's not only the damage that's the issue, it's the survivability, the utility, what the classes can do, how they can support each other, how, like the overall toolkit of the comp basically has no issues. Um, and I don't know, it's just incredible what you can do, what you can use, how like can can shield us can help us or like we can help him and the augmentation like the augmentation is helping others and the mage can even now with mass barrier the mage can also randomly pop a 200k shield on you and it's just i don't know it's just crazy and then you have guardian druid all feeling like crazy as well on demand or like random with the after wild uh, wildfire it's just so, way too many things yeah so the problem was in from my perspective in the beginning how are we gonna uh let's say create a gap or be better than any other team if we're all playing the same extremely overpowered comp um, but i i think we, we found a couple of details uh here and there and uh, but it was it was a rough beginning actually for us 
yeah. uh, learning the composition in general and uh, trying to play around, say, the org vocal, which was quite new and having a support class. Well, I think that was probably rough for everybody, but we were like a bit nervous, like, so how are we going to win this tournament when everybody is extremely like broken and, and there's no comps or anything like we cannot just like, let's say, use our years of experience to jump on another character. Okay, it happened in the time trials where Maris was a main tank and knows how to blood DK and then we, we kind of uh, almost win the time trials from there. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the class tech and stuff was uh, definitely at, at a minimum this time around. Yeah, because you guys also have a lot of synergy having been played together for a long time. So how did it feel, for, say, for you, Terry, where your team's a little newer? Um, I don't know if there's any viewers in the chat that may not necessarily know the history of Legendary, but you guys came third in the uh, MDI, right? Yep. You guys have been doing really well. Thank you. Um, so, uh, like, the people in our team are like, we basically have Splat, who's like a Warlock one-trick. So he's like, it's it's like harder for him to like swap around and do stuff so that was kind of like a bit of a, a bit of like a learning thing i feel so it was kind of good for us maybe that we only had um we only had like we could put him on only like one spec and then he could just go in like do his thing um but i don't know i think i think we like swapped to the comp pretty easily like i don't i don't feel like there was anything like majorly wrong like no one was like completely griefing everything i mean we've been playing shadow priest for a long time and then i was like getting more into the mage recently as well and then it was like like splat just like no issues with uh, swapping over i feel so yeah because it's not only quite you know, obviously God comp is God comp, but it can be quite restrictive in sometimes as well. Were there any keys where you particularly felt like, oh, if only something else was a little bit better? Because I know that um, you did end up timing the, obviously the 31 freehold. However, I think it was in the previous patch before Org Voco, you guys timed a 31 freehold tyrannical before or came into the game. So were there any situations where a couple of the keys where you thought, if only we had a certain bit of utility here or a certain spec that brings X, Y, it would probably be a little bit better at this time? Uh, I, I, I actually don't, I, I wouldn't know, yeah. I it was just the, too good. Like the the only thing is that uh, there was a world where Shadow Priest was not the very best in some of the like in, in a key in terms of like damage, and we tried out to play um, Enhanced Shaman instead of Shadow Priest. Um, but obviously losing stamina, losing master spread, losing PI, <clears throat> losing like spread out dot damage. I mean, there's a lot of things that randomly went away, and what you gained was Enhanced Shaman who complained about being a melee on the mob, so it was not really like the best trade-off. Um, but yeah, we did try to replace the, the Shadow Priest out of the God comp with the playing Enhanced Shaman, but it didn't really work out too well, I guess, yeah. Also, I kept reading these patch notes that came in every week where a Paladin Consecration nerfed by 25%, uh, chance of it proccing reduced by almost 50%, and flat damage and healing just removed 10% gone. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I feel a little bit weak playing the Paladin. And we also lost uh, Fading Light. Maybe you guys uh, barely know what Fading Light is, but it, we went from the tankiest melee in the game to uh, just another melee in melee. And uh, so I had this idea that 
disc got some buffs. And then randomly I was watching uh, Shout Out to Crims, I guess, from the mandatory. <laughs> he was playing disc in on live and I was like, Wait, he's doing he's doing decent damage. And he didn't have an augmentation evoker in the key. So then we walked into Vortex Pinnacle because we figured Enhancement Shaman might be good in there. And then I was like, well, the mage is pretty good and the shadow is a, maybe a bit underwhelming in Vortex. So maybe we could bring the disc and then that would work out. But then you immediately, you just realize how broken Paladin is like this season. It is just unbelievable how much of a difference it makes going probably from any healer to Holy Paladin right now. Even, even after the nerfs, it's just nerfed by over 20% and it's still by far the best. So, I mean, we did some experiments here and there and had some ideas, but in the end, the God Comp is truly like uh, the best by far. Yeah, it's massively above the others. So how did you enjoy playing Mage this tier, Tobo? And in general, what did you guys think of the competition? Uh, we'll go with Tobo first. What did you guys think? Um, well, I think the Mage was pretty fun. I mean, it's like, it, it just feels like really broken. Like you just have damage all the time. And it's like, when you go into a pole and like your Shadow Priest doesn't have cooldowns, then you just like, you just like still are doing the same damage. It doesn't matter. And it's like it's like a massive like gap between like you and the shadow priest and that's like like that's like uh kind of fun sometimes i guess like he was like solo carrying at some points um especially cause it just like looks better on the meter because you have this like augmentation doing like it looks like they're just doing no damage as well so um but yeah i mean i i think the comp was pretty fun because it just felt like you could like work together with all these like random raid CDs you had to like, you know, you could like mass bury this like stomp or something. And then another guy on your team would live like, uh, I think that was very fun for me. It's, a, it's actually funny because I noticed on uh, marriage we were playing uh, Neltharion's lair in practice at some point. Maybe it was a tyrannical first boss, Rockmora, where you get a stomp basically every 25 seconds or whatever it is. And uh, I realized about four or five minutes into the fight, I didn't say a single word. And Clicks was just sitting there in his little command center, rescue next, wall this, Sephir next, wall again, rescue is back, mage you have a mass barrier, maybe Ken you can divo on the mass barrier so we also save, Robin rally, wall again, Sephir is back, rescue again. Like this evoker was truly the, the new commander of let's say the, the the normal role of the healer in the group and i was just okay this is this is fantastic this is phenomenal this is great <laughs> yeah that's it's really impressive actually especially as um you guys in the past have had a sixth person haven't you which would be you mirrors but you're playing now so do you still have a sixth or is clicks kind of the counting as two people right now <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I mean, first of all, we don't have a sixth uh, anymore. Like, uh, it was a unique thing that, that I guess for the for the season where we were six people. It would still be better for sure. I think uh, in any team, if you would have a sixth person looking over things and just having full free time to look at the outside and prepare whatever you want, it's always uh, like an increase in terms of the efficiency and like benefit you can have. But finding someone to fit that slot is very hard. I think it's a main issue. 
Um, no, but uh, it actually really depends. Clix was like handling most of the defensives on some bosses, right? But obviously, um, it, it swapped per boss, and it really depended on the situation, I guess. You know, who who does what in, for example, our team is very dynamic. I guess can cause like if really healing is needed, for example, and also infusion on on Kajin. Ken talks a lot to us and it's like uh, we're, he's weak, he's strong, and then we're like using defensives uh, properly or anything. And then like I'm, for example, reminding what you want to do next. The same Robin does that as well. Mike is calling kicks and stuff. Clicks does like some defensive. So basically everyone is kind of involved in, in one part or the other. Yeah, I don't think necessarily a, like a sixth person would be in the key playing like calling hulans or anything like a raid leader would in uh, oh yeah and yeah. like race the world first a sixth person is, would be super beneficial but it's for all the things outside like trading weak orders looking at timings analyzing sitting at practice and having someone who's not playing the key and looking at it objectively telling you guys this is easy you you suck like just do it better when in reality when you're in the situation it can look overwhelming at first but that's because your approach is wrong or something. That's what a six person really do, uh, really does for you. And I think when when we had mirrors on the outside, we, we it was just a true advantage. It was really just so much better. Our time management was insane, uh, and that's something you can do with a six person. But uh, so it's definitely a bit more stressful. Let's say if you're just five and you feel short on time in general. I suppose a lot of that time is saved again by uh, kind of playing the same sort of comp and not having to think about all of the rest of the specs in the game. So it's safe to say then that you guys had to really pull out all the stops in terms of tech and strategies. And there is one in particular, I think, that we're all dying to discuss, which is the Brackenhide last boss tech. Uh, do you guys want to explain a little bit about what happened? Well, so I think... Uh... Well, it was funny, and it's it's one of those great moments that happened when I watch back the after the day is over. It was a uh, day two, and I see the clips, and I see people raging. Echo should be disqualified, and Echo is cheating again. They probably told the admins one thing and did another thing. And I, I mean, I, I just have to say, what happened was clear as day. Okay, like okay, we get it. Plague Boros happened one time, where where maybe it was a bit uh, shady and we we got flack for that you know the the admins and blizzard they came to us and like never again guys that was not okay and we're like agreed you know we're all we're all agreement handshake new uh, new territory from now on where we don't uh, there's no bamboozling everything is if you have a strategy you you tell blizzard and then you get it approved or not um and here I think Maris was like in direct yeah. contact with our admin for like an hour straight back and forth. Uh, maybe you can go on. Yeah, I am. Okay, so first of all, like we, we got the tech to work. We we got our looks. I got like the logs and we got the video of it as well, of course. Yeah. And then we were kind of in like, we expected, we, we tried it, we made it work and we're like, okay, I mean, this really seems very OP, let's say. This is probably not allowed, right? But of course we asked because why not, right? Um, so I sent over the logs, I sent over a, I, I basically recorded a voice over commentary video of our strategy showing our YouTube video and explaining how we drag the mobs in, how exactly it works, how, what they do, that we actually do end up skipping every second totem after the first two and that is, this comes from the mobs and how whatnot, like basically the whole process, I explained it in a voiceover video and then it took like one and a half days, I think, and they got into contact with the responsible people. 
um, that basically had to approve all of this and we got it approved. Yeah. And I asked even after it, we basically got the okay. I asked like three more times, uh, like, are you sure guys? Yeah, because this is basically exactly what kind of the rules say that it will not be allowed because it was like we're skipping boss mechanics, but they saw it as a situation where we're actually not avoiding the boss mechanics, we're just outplaying the boss, let's say, by, um, how, how's it called, basically making him change. So we avoid only half the mechanics, but we don't just randomly skip all totems. And an example that he, for example, gave us was that if we would skip all totems after the first two, it would not be allowed, yeah? But because we were still dealing with the mechanics and the boss cycle was technically still the same, it was allowed, let's say, I guess, yeah. Yeah, because the mob in question reduces or increases allies' cooldowns with the kind of war cry, right? So it affected the boss, meaning that the boss spawned half as many totems as usual, which was pretty significant when you're doing a key that high, right? Totems being really scary. So I guess there's arguments to be made, should the uh, mob have affected the boss, but there have been instances where this is the case. I think I saw on Twitter somebody say, well, uh, one of the devs say, well, you know, I put the bomb in there. That's uh, kind of as intended. But, uh, you know, obviously Twitter is always correct. So you can take that as a fact. <laughs> but, but, but that actually, was pretty uh, cool. Yeah, no, it was a, it was really good tech in general, actually. But uh, so we asked, of course, are you sure? Are you sure? Because this is what's <laughs> happening. And they're like, yeah, OK, it's cool. But then, you know, after day two, maybe uh, Tobu, like, we heard your team was going in there and trying to like replicate it because you hadn't done your 13 Brackenheit yet, which was yeah. almost an advantage, I guess. But then you tried to make it work. Like, was it really that easy as uh, as it looked, I guess? Well, um, it was like, so we go into the bus. It works like the first like three times or something. We're like, okay, we figured it out. You know, <laughs> this is easy. And then and then we like uh we started a new key and then we like went through because we were like copying your like flasher spots as well in the second area yep uh and then we went through and we we're like okay we're gonna try the last boss again because i want like my skb timings because i wanted to like play the boss and see like how it works like with my timings so i was like yep we go again and then it doesn't work it's like okay i guess we don't know how it works um so we we have to like Play, we have to like play the boss over and over and then we do this like little bot review and then it's like he's delaying this timer by doing the tank ability and like that like kind of solved everything but that took like uh, literally hours to figure out i feel like yeah we because... spent uh well like i think we started that nightmares at like 11 p.m uh in the evening yeah. and then we were done with our little science project um at like 3 or 4 a.m basically four or five hours later and I mean, me and Mirage, we were looking at logs, feeling like we were we were a group of uh, rocket scientists at SpaceX trying to develop a new rocket or something. Like it was, it was really like a complex little thing that had a really very specific timing. So, I mean, we we're happy we got approved, and I think I think we would have dominated that key though with this tech if it was tyrannical. So yeah. that was uh, maybe a bit unfair in yeah. the end, and Blizzard should have. I mean. It doesn't feel like it should be allowed. It was definitely either. really cool to see live. I think that was probably one of the standout moments of the tournament in general. How does it, how do you even go about figuring out something like that? Is it just kind of studying the mobs in the dungeon, seeing if they interact? Okay, what if? Okay, this mob does this cast. What if? Shall we see if it works on the boss? Does that is that how it kind of starts? 
well, we're spending a lot of time in the dungeons, just kind of like jumping around. Clix is doing his evoker thing, jumping around while Robin is maybe doing his. Robin is like really a tech guy. He's sitting up all night just uh, jumping around in the dungeons. But all of these weird scenarios, they tend to come from like random places. You get a DM from someone who had this happen in a weekly key. And then, I don't know, all this random tech, it just kind of spawns from... I mean, we don't have the time to test these dungeons, let's say, a thousand times. But that's what happens on live. And then, we, I guess we just maybe had some connections. Uh, we didn't figure it out ourselves. It just, uh, just kind of spawns from all of... Uh, yeah. I know. Um, was there any other tech that you guys had that you wish you could have uh, showcased? Were there any dungeons that you kind of wish had come up because you cooked something up? Wait, I just want to say. Yeah, yeah. Wait, okay. We did figure it out ourselves, kind of. But what's happening is that we get these like tip, get a tip. Right. It, yeah, it, it's like hints of wrong info, like half wrong, half right info, kinda. Yeah, we got like the hint that oh yeah, we had boss scourges on the last boss, and the boss skipped like totems or whatever that was kind of like the info we got and we're like okay yeah that's cool that basically like i mean that's cool info right so we went to test but then we spent five hours figuring out how it exactly worked right because it, like the, it was not really a good explanation let's say and uh, sa sadly from these kind of things just as a side note there's also a lot of fake news yeah, yeah. you get a dm it's like oh yeah this this works yeah the, <laughs> and then we go in there and we try it and like, man, that's really sus yeah and then we tried for like a half an hour, or whatever, and it doesn't work. And then we ask back to like other uh, like other connections, let's say, that also maybe might have tried it. And they're like, yeah, I mean, this is just random, yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, that's amazing, yeah. So we like sometimes you gain a lot, sometimes you lose a decent amount by by trying to get the misinformation out of the system. <laughs> yes, like the echo tip line for yeah. sorry for whoever's manning that and has to go through all the information. I, I wonder if you guys same... are going to get a lot more now. <laughs> at the same time. We gained some stuff in Brackenhide, but the first, let's say, two hours of this testing in Brackenhide, we were slowly, slowly building up, let's say, anger towards this, like, <laughs> receiving this information that there might be a bug here. It's like, oh man, we wish we didn't know because we couldn't actually get it to work initially. And on top of that, we also lost some time in Older Man trying to replicate some kind of bug that was like literally one in a million, probably. So we see this bug happening, like one in a million, we try to replicate it and we just lose hours. So that it's a bit of a, sometimes you win, sometimes you waste a bunch of time. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess that then leads on to, did you have any other tech that you guys had cooked up that you were kind of excited to show or anything you didn't really get to showcase or any other moments like Brackenhide that you were really pleased with? Not sure. No, I don't think so. Did we have I mean, I think the only other thing is maybe the Nefaros the dragging all wardens at the end of the, the, like, basically pulling all wardens in the last area of the dungeon to the chains and uh, breaking them and killing them. But I think a lot of other teams were also doing this, so I don't really think this was anything yeah. crazy, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't but think it was, there was so, anything crazy. But it was so funny in the... In our cup, when we uh, missed count on our Neltharis, uh, was it 31 even? And then we ran oh, yeah, back yeah. and we activated the chains directly onto the wardens and no one knew about it. Uh, or maybe maybe some teams knew about it, 
But we, after the patch notes, we of course went in and tried the chains ourselves. But it seemed like a lot of these teams, they had just kind of read the patch notes and be like, okay, this doesn't work anymore and, and, and whatever. Where we went in and tried and we're like, okay, the chains work directly on the wardens now. And then we, we had a potential strategy and stuff and yeah. Yeah, Maybe we, we just we didn't even know that until we saw it in your copy. It was like, what? <laughs> like, what's <laughs> like? When, when did this happen? Like, when did this change? Yeah. So, what's it like for you, Terry Bro, when you guys have you know all of your practice and stuff figured out, and then you see some kind of tech come out, and that kind of throws a spanner in the works in a way for you guys, where you have to think, right, we need to not only understand that but also implement it. Um, I mean, we did have to change a lot of stuff between the days because I think we were like like some of our paths were a little bit like bad in some places and stuff so it was like i mean there was one point in like freehold it was like the second pull of the dungeon you guys just pulled it onto the bus but we're sitting there fighting it not even pressing our cooldowns again and it's like why didn't we even think of that like why why are we so stupid for just like killing killing an entire trash pool like for no reason basically um so that felt like kind of bad. We saw it and it's like, okay, that's so obvious. Like, why why didn't we do this before? But like, there, there was quite a few things that we just had to like change between the days. I think we were very slow on day one, basically. And then that got a bit better between each day. But that um, happens for us as well, by the way. We, we're watching yeah. other teams, like basically any team in the tournament can have this poll that's just like slightly better than the rest and all the teams are looking at it like when the day is over and they're like oh my god that's yep. so obvious why didn't we do that and, and that we do that every day as well that's just yeah i mean the prime example of that was our underwood yeah we basically mm. we did our underwood thread that we had cooked up and i thought like, man something is not right we're so slow and then we looked at last minute and we're like hmm i mean they kind of do the same just different in the like in the crockmire area and we're like, okay, I mean, let's go and try there. So we changed like one small part that we wanted to change that we felt was better. And it was magically like 40 seconds faster. And we're like, I mean, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. So we rolled with that. It was, uh, was kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah. Um, and these kind of things happen all the time. Like Ken says, yeah, we look at all the teams, we look at all the strats anyone is playing. They, they can always, there's always maybe a gem hidden somewhere in any strat from anyone. So, yeah. 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 And I think it's safe to say that the competition was absolutely fierce this time around um every, all of the teams really did pull out all the stops how did you guys find you know the teams this time around it seems like everyone is really stepping up their game well i think from um we, we looked at uh, i think it was the first cup where perplexed uh, they look somewhat they, they looked uh, like a stronger self they looked like probably the best version maybe they uh, they had ever been in and then uh, the second cup came out and NA's Last Hope had some decent tech and okay, okay, there's like a bunch of different teams here. Um, maybe the only teams that actually was maybe having a bit of an unfortunate time were the, were the Chinese teams where I was like, well, we heard so many stories and we got so, <laughs> so many like random whispers like, yo, the Chinese, uh, the Chinese team just timed a 31 freehold and we're like struggling in the 30. I'm like, okay. Uh, What's going on here? So we really expected a lot, uh, I think, coming into the cups to 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 see some great things from the from the Chinese teams, and uh, well, they just didn't make it to the globals, so that was a bit surprising. And I think in the global finals itself, mandatory out on day one. 
I mean, they were blasting. I, I don't know how it could happen that they were out day one, but I think they would have been a, a top contender in the end. Yeah, from what I saw, there was a, I think it was half a second loss because of a failed jump. There was a little bit of a controversy with them, for sure, which was um, uh, definitely a bit sad. Yeah, the, the mandatory uh, like vibe and what spinning on the first day and them going out was really tragic because we, we were looking at their times and they had really fast times in the previous dungeons or in the, basically all the other dungeons they did. So from our like future projection, I guess, let's say we, we would have seen them as a very strong team. So I guess it was either like good for everyone else that they went out, obviously very bad for them. Um, but maybe for the competition, it would have been more spicy towards the end if they actually would have been... Uh, in at the end and like maybe fighting for like the top spots as well it would have been maybe cool maybe not i don't know obviously but uh, i think they were looking good so what do you guys think of the uh new great push format being uh, a seasonal uh thing these days you mean like one mdi then tgp the next season mm. yeah Tobo, you can continue on the topic yeah <laughs> um I definitely prefer MDI, I feel. Like, um, I kind of like wish there would be an MDI every season. Um, but maybe maybe it's like the result of like the raid tiers being like closer together, that it needs to be like only one tournament um, per time. But like, maybe it would even just be too much work if you had to play MDI and DGP between every uh, five months raid tier. It would be like uh, maybe like a bit too much. So, I mean, I think I definitely like prefer like MDI, but maybe it like needs to happen because of the raid scheduling, really. How yeah, because... Like, uh, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> how do you like sitting uh, Friday evening, playing basically five hours straight of full intensity, like adrenaline, then going into Saturday doing the exact same thing, and then Sunday doing five hours straight of just... I mean, it's almost torture, Tobu, no? Like... Yeah. It, it, the great push is, is by far the most stressful format that uh, WoW tournament has ever provided. I guess it's just uh, honestly, it's really rough to compete in in the great push. Just brutal. If there's anything you could change, would there be anything? Well, actually, we we spoke about it last night. Yeah, we spoke about it yesterday. Yeah, and maybe you can like reduce the time of play, or maybe get rid of the factor of elimination on day one and two it's just i don't know it's just really brutal to play it's just it's stressful from a minute zero and all the way past time you know it's um, i'm not sure it's just really a brutal format to play like really yeah i, I mean i i was talking about it yesterday as well with the team and then with roger actually afterwards and uh, in, in my opinion, like I think Roger had proposed that there's a three keys in the first day and then two keys in the second day and one key in the last day. So basically what happened to mandatory is more unlikely to happen. What technically is kind of true, I guess, because there's a higher chance of depletes in the higher keys. If you only have three keys, you would obviously do, for example, the three thirties on the first day already. Um, but of course, you can also deplete those and just go out. Uh, so. It, it really is hard to say, but I think for me personally, I would like it more if they, for example, would cut a dungeon and just have, for example, two to one and just have four hours each day just because I think it is very stressful. Like Ken said, you, you play five hours and to be realistic, 
like they they made this new rule that you have a 20 minute break now meant uh, and i think it was 15 last time that we played yeah. yeah and of course yeah i mean a break yeah in an online play is not a break we take a 10 minute break everyone goes for a piss takes one and two minutes max or something and then the other eight minutes you sit and you're like oh what tech are we stealing here you look at the other teams you calculate what you want to do you look at the tactics you speak about the next key you zone in you prepare you pick the right talent. you know there's not really like a it's just a more relaxed key start i guess than uh, than anything else it's not really like i just go outside for 10 minutes get some fresh air and then i come back yeah so uh, yeah, it is basically sitting for five hours being like su super stressed or even five and a half, especially on the, the first two days when you want to squeeze uh, one more key. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And you guys were looking really, really strong yesterday as well. And then you kind of put times on the board and then you had to look at the other keys and think, hmm, where do we go from here? Were you guys planning the 31 freehold the whole time or was that just something you thought, well, we need to do something in this time? You know, I think on the... Um was it after day two we were almost pretty convinced that the 31 freehold might be easier than the 30 halls that we had already worked on um but we had already spent the time in halls and off broadcast basically or off the five hours we did a lot of theory crafting and analyzing what we can maybe do to make it safe so technically we figured out the holes already but we felt like the key was still harder than probably the 31 freehold would be if we could get past the first boss. So it was kind of a dilemma. Do we want to bet on the fact that we can get this 30 holes done quickly so we can also have a chance to do 31 freehold? Because the 31 freehold is more valuable than a 30 holes of infusion in case the other teams would catch up and skip the 30 holes and try to do 31 freehold instead. So basically, maybe it was a mistake to go and commit to 30 halls on Fusion before the 31 freehold, which we knew was somewhat doable anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it's very questionable if it was the right choice or not. I think the main issue was for, for us, like we spoke, I don't know how long was the talk we had, Ken? I swear we spoke about it like for two hours or something yeah, before we played yesterday. It was a really long discussion because the holes, like Ken said, would have been useless if someone else would have done the 31 freehold. But we also saw, of course, the other teams, they still had to do the Vortex as well, then do the Freehold and the new key. So realistically, they could have done it, of course. But then we also saw their 30 Freehold times, they were not really popping off too much. So we're like, hmm, could they even realistically do a 31 Freehold, basically? And then also with the info we gathered from other teams that they basically haven't practiced a 31 Freehold almost at all, but they have practiced the 30 holes. It was very weird that, or like, it was kind of the thing, I guess it was not weird, that most likely the teams would just go and do the safe bet, for example, for a second and just secure like, I think it was 8k dollars per person more, um, then try to go for first and then maybe lose it all and uh, become third or second, of, uh, like, you know, to not really compete for a second and just go for th uh, first more or less. It was a really weird uh, thing that was going on with the keys, to be honest. I mean, but then in the end, and we did do the, how's it called, the horse really fast. And it was kind of like a done deal because uh, I think NS Last Hope was still not done with the Vortex Pinnacle. Perplex just finished it at that point, I think. So there was basically no time left for them to do the, or to catch up on the score. Um, and then we also finished the freehold, of course. So that was a bit different, but yeah. But actually, it was a very strange weekend because we did technically do like, let's say, three 
or even four keys that we considered uh, almost impossible before the weekend. And those, like for example, the even the 29 Vortex Pinnacle, yes, you could do a spicier strategy, but I don't think we really practiced it. We didn't, there, there, I, I don't think many teams had enough time to really invest in a clean, very good 29 Vortex Pinnacle and then banking on good affixes as well. So going into the weekend, I didn't see a 30 holes being done. I didn't see the 31 freehold being done. And I was very skeptical about the Vortex Pinnacle. And uh, we really, we really developed a lot uh, over the weekend and, and kind of got this tournament buff that we always uh, talk about in the team where we just, we find a little bit of time here and there, a little bit more damage. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. guys secured three world records on the weekend, so that's a pretty hefty feat. And the 31 freehold as well. When you went into it, was it more of a case of just waiting for the right RNG on the first boss? Because we knew that the first time you went in, I think the boss shot you twice, right, Zalia, and it was a, a go-and-gun kind of situation. So was you guys kind of going in, hoping that you had the right shots on from the first boss? I mean, we had to progress a lot. Uh, even the first pole, it got a lot better just by five poles. And we had to shift cooldowns away because I, I really did get one shot and there was nothing I could do about it. So then I had to I had to move my bop around. And you, then all of a sudden you can live, let's say, eight seconds longer. Then you play the first pole a little bit better. So you have perfect timing on the mass barrier as well. And then I think if we, went, we were to go into 31 freehold, I don't think anyone dies on the first boss anymore because we we just uh, we just adjusted everything to be to be a little bit better. So I would say ninety percent success rate uh, on the first boss if we were to go in again right like right now. Yeah. But it, but that was progress. So what yeah. did you guys think of the dungeon rotation and the affixes this weekend? Starting with you, Tobo. What did you think? Um, I like the decision they made to not do any like string or sanguine i think that was like True. i mean i think they did that because they want to see like the highest keys done but i i really like uh enjoyed that you know it's like you you get to do these like highest keys and it's not like you just play this affix it's like okay you just play one key level lower like like you would barely make it on like nice affixes and then you just have to play one key level lower because you have this uh this sanguine or boss string just like ruining ruining the whole dungeon is like uh really like obnoxious affixes that slow you down like too much i feel like it's like uh but i really enjoyed not having to deal with any of those and it was kind of nice because we like didn't exactly like prepare too much for those affixes we didn't make like we didn't like we had ideas for like sanguine and bolstering paths but we didn't have like, like bold paths for every single dungeon because we just we just ran out of time really i think but yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. I mean, we had the same struggles. Uh, Maris and Mike especially were almost uh, fighting about... Because uh, Mike was really... After the first cup where we kind of struggled, Mike was really trying to push. Let's do bolstering here, guys. Come on, let's let's uh, let's do sanguine here, guys. When uh, it's it's hard to, to practice, let's say, all these dungeons on sanguine because it's completely different. Uh, sanguine is, is probably the most... Uh, what's it called, it infectious uh, affix that just changes the entire key. And if you spend, uh, let's say, five hours practicing Sanguine in this key, well, it's it's kind of useless if you don't uh, hit that. So we, we, we struggle the same. We we also, let's say, got a little bit lucky maybe that uh, all the affixes were so good. 
and we could just play all standard strategies pretty much. So it has to be asked, what do you guys think about playing the keys without thundering? Thundering? Mm-hmm. No seasonal I mean, affects. I mean, to be honest, if they would remove uh, Sangon and... I mean, bolstering is really bad in some matches. If they remove Sangon and bolstering and they do these keys that they did this weekend, I mean, it's good, yeah, it's fun to play, I think. There's not really too much to complain. These suffixes, they have small impact, sometimes big, but that's fine, I think. Like, a incorporate spawn on some of the pulls that we did, the brain overload happened, like, you have to... And, like, I was seeing a mob in, I was ready to release him, I was making, like, a countdown for Ken to to hodge him, like, it was an inferno layer. I was making a counter for Ken to hodge the, the pelter that I MC'd in. I was dodging the avalanche because I just hear the ding, ding, ding. I'm just walking. Then I hear the incorporal text-to-speech spawn as well. I look for clicks where he's standing. I'm seeing, oh, he's casting on that. I turn around. I see my guy cast behind me. I press kick. No kicks back in Neverland's layer, yeah. Going off. Very unfortunate. <laughs> but these things happen. So I think those are fixes is fine. But then you go into Sangun and you just pull this bare face on when you do a pull and you see two mobs die early and one guy decides to cast and then sell for 10 seconds and you just you run as you go again yeah, at that point. So it's it's very yeah. weird. Yeah. I'm thinking about the oaks in uh, back in heights when they do this breath and then another mob dies under him and then it's just it's just over, he's full HP. He actually just stands there and looks at you. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Slurping he's, up he's, the sanguine. He stares, stares you down and waits for the sanguine to disappear before he starts moving. It's like, the oaks are amazing mobs. <laughs> Get uh, outplayed. <laughs> so what would you guys look for in a seasonal affix if they were to bring one back next season? Do you, did you like playing without a seasonal affix? Well, well I think any... Um, well, first of all, they like to make it thematic uh, to whatever patch they do and I, and I kind of like that but but it needs to somehow spice up the season where you can invent new strategies or uh, where, you, where you have to kind of mix it up like I think reaping was not fun in a lot of areas where the healer had to the tank was getting destroyed and the healer had to press the spell on cooldown but the fact that it procced on 20% count for example like if, if, you, if thundering for example happened like you basically triggered the thundering then you could make routes around this. The same way Awakening, where you can choose what mobs to play and then you can skip these mobs and are you going to play them on last boss? All these kind of uh, things that kind of like uh, change up the dungeons a little bit. I mean, I like them. Thund Thundering was not so nice because it was more of like... like oh, God, you're, you're, you're being... It's not something that's in your control. It's not something you can really play around every single time because as soon as one thing goes wrong, you're going to have new thundering timings throughout the entire dungeon. And that, that, that was really, really frustrating about it. Um, yeah, you'd I have mean, to work on the overlaps. And then also, if you fail it, it means it's probably going to be a wipe. And then a wipe is probably going to be a key deplete. It's just a very impactful affix, right? Same as kind of sanguine in a way where, you know, if you get that wrong, that's going to be very impactful as well. So, I mean, there's a couple of seasonal affixes in the past that are less impactful, but change up the way that the season is like uh, awakened in season four BFA, where you had the mini bosses, you know, it kind of gave you a, a shroud where you could skip, you could choose to skip, and then you could choose which mini bosses you wanted to take on the last boss, for example. And it wasn't necessarily impactful in a way of you would lose a complete dungeon run if you say uh, messed it up, for example. I mean, personally, I actually find the dungeons a bit empty now. It, it just feels so weird uh, when we were practicing as well. It's like, oh, yeah, let's just put bursting on. Let's just put 
spiteful bursting or storming bursting and it's all the same thing it's just a slight new a slight annoyance in every key it's not really that interesting and i think the seasonal affixes are, are kind of I, i miss them a little bit in in that regard yeah, yeah they had a few good ones I think I really enjoyed uh, Encrypted in uh, Shadowlands. That was like... It was sick. It, was, yeah. it just created like so many possibilities and it was like amazing. It was like this uh, this World Drifter was like insane. And then you had uh, the the Ur as well, like where you could just like, you could like choose to get the Ur and then you get this like healing buff for this really hard pull. And then it's just like really like, uh, it's just really fun to play around with, I feel. And gotcha. that was my favorite. Um, seasonal epics, I think. I yeah, the utility is really good, I think, you know, because then you're not as restricted as what you can take in the key because you can use the affix to skip, you can use the affix to, uh, you can choose which what you need for that pack, for example. Uh, shout out to all the weekly packs that only killed wall the whole the whole key. So you had movement speed the whole time. That was there were good good weekly key times, I must say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we want to kill this one, guys, and then the wrong one dies. That was uh, pretty typical for every key, I think. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it was really fun, yeah. But like Ken said, I think if they make a affix, the main issue is... Uh, well, I think the main issue I personally have with the season affixes is that it needs to be a little bit more controlled and not random, like Thundering or... Um, what was the other one? There was another... And in fact, that was really horrible. But I mean, that was the Ooh. very first version. So it's fine. I think we don't need to talk about that. They learn from it. The the other one that was also bad was the um, his emissaries of Ashara I, I, beguiling. Yes, beguiling. Some, season three, I think. In BFA, yeah, I, I don't remember how they were called, but they, they were rotating every week uh, and they had like four different or three different patterns where they were standing. It was really crazy. If they would have been stationary in every key every week, I think it would have been more fine. But I think the main issue is that the Nafix needs to be either consistent, probably on like 20%, or have like a stationary thing on like the mobs where you can choose what you want to do, or like these pylons or whatever, just something where the players can pick what they want to do and not be like forced on a timer or some random week uh, changing where the mobs are. And then you're just like, oh, there's a void emissary. And you're like, ah, oh, that's nice. So, yeah. So talking of things kind of rotating and changing, what do you guys think about how the dungeons are on a rotation rather than having the same dungeon set for the whole expansion? So far, so good, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah. I kind of like it. It keeps I, things I, fresh. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I, I think it's it, it's pretty cool. Especially bringing doing... back old dungeons as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I I think they're doing a great job at the old dungeons. Like implementing the old dungeons and actually reworking them so they're not complete disaster is really good. Yeah, I I think a not so good one except from the past was like how was it called? Grim Raid Depot was really out of place. I think for the current like how the game was played in a way because it was just one way and you kind of had all, to kill all the packs and it was really weird because. There was not really anything to do. Um, when Shadow Warrior Guns, it was also kind of the same, but it was way more interactive with the group. In Grim Rail, everyone just ran after the tank, and the tank was getting smacked hard, and you had to every stop like two mobs, and that's it. And in other dungeons, they implemented mobs that you had to kick, that you probably had to like deal with in a way, I guess. So it was more interactive, and the same did with Vortex Pinnacle. So if they continue this trend with the new dungeons, I think, oh, the old new dungeons, I guess, uh, it would be, it is really nice. 
Yeah, I guess when those dungeons came out, they didn't have Mythic Plus back then because Mythic Plus came in Legion. So a lot of those dungeons weren't designed with Mythic Plus and affixes in mind. For example, you know, Grimrail Depot being quite narrow. So Sanguine being quite noticeable in somewhere like oh, Grimrail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, noticeable well, being a very storming nice word. Was pretty storming. Fun <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those old dungeons that it hasn't really... Uh, they don't have Mythic Plus in mind, but so far I think they're doing a pretty good job. They've also made a couple of changes uh, to a lot of the dungeons as well. I think uh, Freehold has seen a couple of changes this season where they removed the dog RP, for example, and the boss, the second boss is more static. Do you like that direction that Blizzard is going with those quite, well, much quicker changes and kind of removing stuff like RP from dungeons? I think for sure. It was, yep. uh, it's, it's always annoying when you have to, like, you have to compare, let's say there's a rank one time on, on any kind of leaderboard. Now that Red IO is implemented into the actual game and your score matters, kind of. It's always annoying having to see a rank one time. Oh, well, they just got, you know, the the easy freehold uh, dog event or whatever. Or they got the, the, the left door in Wakers Manor. I, I, I heard someone talk about <laughs> Wakers Manor yesterday. Oh my gosh, yeah, the doors. That was really bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, there are they're moving away from that stuff so there's really honestly no complaints from my side here i think it, it, it's it's good yeah Tough removing one. the rng and the rp elements as well especially i think in a competitive environment as well like court stars you know waiting and doing that rp we have to find the spy just kind of a, a chore at that point when you're running that key multiple times a day for example <laughs> I mean, you could just get a week order to do it for yeah. you as well, but yeah, that's cheating. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we are going to go to a little break, but when we come back, we will be doing a Q&A. So if any of you have any questions that you'd like to ask the boys, please send us over your questions and we will have a look through. So we'll see you in a bit. Hello and welcome back to the Echo Chamber podcast powered by Elgato Wave, all of us using those beautiful microphones. And also there is a call to action for Echo Merch, 20% off until the end of August. Do exclamation mark merch in the chat to find out more information about that. We've all got our uh, cool Echo Merch on. <laughs> there we go. So before the break, we were touching on a little bit uh, of... Uh, you know, mythic plus affixes, seasonal affixes and uh, things like that. And if you guys in the chat have any questions that you want to ask the boys, please let us know. We're keeping an eye on the chat this time. So we're watching you. <laughs> so yeah, if you have any good questions that you want to ask them, please let us know. Uh, I think there's also a tweet as well. Um, I have a question. Okay. Oh, do you play that guitar behind you, Tobo? <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> oh, would you show it to us right now? <laughs> I'm not gonna play it right now, but I could show it if you wanted. I mean, you gotta play it. As well. Okay, it's fine. We can move on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. thank you. But you know, next time if you feel like it, I think we'd all enjoy a small guitar concert. You know. Yep. Guitar time with Tobo. Yeah, get some <laughs> some guitar. Like, actually, wait, is it a it's an is it an electronic one? Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's no NT talent, Tobo. That's what it is. 
<laughs> Speaking of, we have uh, a tweet coming in. Our new teams like Legendary uh, are getting better and better every time they compete. Uh, Echo, do they keep giving you more and more motivation in every cup or do you just find it tiring that you have to work harder to achieve victories? Yeah, it's just so exhausting when there are other good teams in the tournament. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just stop practicing everyone so we can win automatically. That would be so much nicer. Yeah, I mean, it is noticeable though, Tobo. Legendary have been doing extremely well. Do you think it's uh, a lot of the team synergy come into play or just more time practicing together, more time, you know, in the com com competitive environment for everybody? Um, I mean, it's just like, I mean, we just put a lot of time in really it's like at some point like it, the more and more time you put in it's like uh, like you just close the gap like over time really and you get this like all this like tournament experience and stuff I think we were like not so good in like the dungeons this time around but I think we are definitely getting better in like the tournament like uh, aspects like you know we like make sure we're like going very quick between dungeons and maximizing the breaks and stuff and like our practice has been like getting better and like more efficient and stuff and then we you know we like work uh we, we're like working better in general but i think we were like a little bit less prepared in like the dungeons this time around than last time also because like tgp has like less time than mdi it's like a shorter format so i think the extra time for MDI like benefited us a lot compared to this time. Yeah, on on this topic actually, how much did you practice every day? Uh, if you wanna say, I guess it um, was interesting to, to hear how other teams how much they practice. Well, when I mean when we had the four days, we played eleven hours each day. Um, but we were talking about doing more next time if uh, if like people are down for that because. You know, I mean, more practice is just good. Like we literally run out of time while playing that much every day. So um, I think I think we'll probably try and do more next time. Did you take yeah. breaks? <laughs> we had a one hour food break and I mean, oh, that's about it. That's, that's a pro tip that can implement it as well. Yeah. I just want to say going into <laughs> cup one, our practice was in shambles because of all kinds of things, Robin's power outage, uh, Mike going to festivals and whatever. But uh, most importantly, practicing into Cup 1, we didn't have a one-hour food break every day. We just like, oh, yeah, we need to play some more, guys. Uh, can you eat in 25 minutes or lunch break, 10 minutes? And then, I mean, then we were just in shambles. We couldn't time a single key and uh, we almost uh, didn't qualify. So, But now we practiced <laughs> going into the Global Finals with a little bit more structure, including a one hour long food break where you can both cook, eat and go to the toilet without disturbing anybody and then return to your teammates at maximum performance. And as we saw from results, a one hour food break is essential to success, including a 20, at least 20 minute lunch break to create sandwich and eat sandwich. Um, without taking any of this in, uh, into account you're simply just gonna gonna lose uh, like we did in uh, our cup just putting it out there uh. yeah i think it's really important in general to actually use the break as well right because we just went through a break and me and meraz kind of just sat here we're like oh yeah we should probably you know like actually have a break and get up but how many of uh, how many breaks or how much of the time do you actually use 
taking the break, you know, getting that mental reset, getting some fresh air, like doing whatever you need to actually make food and things like that, rather than just sitting at your desk. Because yeah, it might be a break from actually playing, but there is so much more to do outside of actually playing, right? You know, there's logs to analyze, there's lots of things to go over. So I think taking a break and actually allowing yourself to take a break is really important, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you like we are the product we are the ones that have to execute so instead of pressing a ready check we actually press dragon's breath and interrupt the mobs like we need we need, we need peak performance in the end so if you don't sleep if you don't eat if you're you know it's just it's just over that's probably one of my most favorite moments actually from uh, this great push with Jinji doing a ready check uh, a couple of times um, instead of pressing I think blast wave because he had his um, ready check on uh, the same um, button as his blast wave but it was a shift and then whatever his keybind was and he was doing ready checks in the middle of pools or things like that I didn't realize he was doing it was he I think we uh, we have a couple of uh, clips of this as well yeah oh man there it is there's exactly the <laughs> oh my god yeah guys to give some context in voice it is the slams of the three boss spawning that you need to dis disrupt mike is calling i will db next everyone blindly trusts this call db is on cooldown though that's a main issue here he walks in presses db doesn't go off he wants to cast blast wave to save the situation does ready check instead we all explode and then the blast wave goes off because then the shift modifier has been removed <laughs> of the keybind. Yeah, very unfortunate because this was actually a possible time run. Yeah, we go one minute faster than the other one we did after. So now I have a very important question for Tobo. Your blast wave keybind? Do you know? Actually, do you have ready check keybind? Yes. Isn't <laughs> is it next to anything conflicting? H have you experienced this as well that you already checked for your team during the, co the the gameplay? No, I mean the only thing I did was like um, instead of like pressing a pull timer, I pressed a, like a second ready check. Basically, that was like the only thing that like was bad because I have them like uh, the same keybind, like ready check and I'm like pull timer. Cancel pull timer, ready check, all on the same keybind with like different like modifiers. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. So basically, Tobo, better mage than Jinji confirmed. Confirmed. I mean, yeah, confirmed. <laughs> Were there any other situations that any of you ran into with little uh, funny moments like that or little quirks other than uh, the ready check from Jinji? Did any of you run into that, Tobo? Um. I mean, well, there was definitely a few times, like uh, Mary said, when you say you're gonna uh, you're gonna DB next, but you don't even have it, so uh, then you just do a quick little adjust and uh, like walk in and bless wave instead. But there's definitely like a few close calls with that um, from me, especially. But uh, I can't think of anything like the <laughs> like the ready check situation, like a similar situation for us. Yeah, look at the halls. We got the ready check replay. You're just sitting there playing the most intense pool of your life, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, ready check. <laughs> so, wake up, wakey, wakey, pay that, attention. That's, that's when you know Mike is sweating hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is too funny because we all, like, it happens so many times in practice, and we have told Mike, Man, can you please move the keybind? You're pressing it randomly, and he's like, nah, it's okay, you know, it's all good, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like in this pool, and he's calling the AOE stops, and it's like, ah. Raw next, DP next, and then ready check. And you're like, okay, ready. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then we don't drive, thankfully. Uh, sometimes, right? Sadly, we work in a bracket night, but man, even like Ken said, when you hear the ready check, you know, Mike is in shambles, like fully, basically. I mean, that's just a signal that he needs some help uh, to you guys. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'll be ready to help. help me out. <laughs> 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 okay, so we have one question from the chat asking, uh, what did you have in your McDonald's yesterday after the win? Me? Yes, Celia, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I always get the same thing. It's um, it's a burger called McFeast, but you, you don't have it in... Uh, I think it's more uh, Denmark and Sweden that has this McFeast. But it's basically, it's just the best burger and everyone's missing out. So I had a large <laughs> Mc, large McFeast menu with Coke and uh, large fries, of course. And uh, two of these like special pumice sauces that we have here as well. I basically just go to the McDonald's. I'm like, hey, they're like, hey, what do you want? I say, I'll just have the usual. And then uh, the lady there is like, sorry, what? And I'm like, the usual. And then I just drive to the next window and... I get nothing. But one day, <laughs> one day, the lady there, she will know my order. I keep trying. <laughs> just tell her, just tell her what are you won, you know, casually a great push this weekend. No diff. That's not gonna work, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, one more question from Renan in the chat. Any thoughts on the overlay tech that's out there and potential impact on the MDI and dungeon strats? Uh, I, I, mean, hope, I, guess. I hope I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. Like, I hope that's completely gone. So we just don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I can I can say from a technical uh, POV as, as the, the tech uh, and vigor creator of the team, I will need a few more people to help me out if this uh, goes through. So it's not happening, guys. Please mm -hmm. fix or the the world will end, I think. And it will actually end already in the race world first, what will happen. So it's all okay. You don't need to worry. <laughs> so on the topic of kind of tanking what do you guys think uh should they bring back snap spots for tanks from it's me g-force i suppose we haven't really seen snapping as much did we have uh in shadowlands there was a little bit of snapping but it was kind of taken away going from bfa to shadowlands wasn't it it was in i think the most prevalent was in azure world mm. when we used it in mdi and we pulled the mobs, we jumped down on the bosses and they snapped to the bosses. And then it was also, I think that's about it, as far as I remember. Maybe you guys know another snap spot that was used? I hate snapping, dude. The, the only time someone, like, what comes into my mind when people start talking about snapping is the grand final in uh, Sydney against the, at the time, Method and A. And we go into Swine of Storm and we try to snap these. Uh, casters or whatever onto the little pole in the beginning and it's just full team wipe and uh well we lost this i don't know what we lost zero three yeah and it was uh, <laughs> all following a terrible snap pull so i'm I'm glad that it, the game is a bit more uh, i guess uh, solid in that regard and now not less gimmicky that's the other way around. The DPSs are standing on the AFK spots and the tank is dealing with the shit. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Ah, oh, man. Ah, yeah. Okay, the healer as well. Okay, we have one more question from Kina PT. Zalia was always seen as an invincible man, never dies. 
He died more times on the Great Push than maybe all other MDIs combined. Was that related to more aggressive gameplay or something else? He's just okay. greedy, actually, yeah. That's actually, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because, first of all, this is going to be a massive shout-out to all uh, Paladin players. I hate to say it, but Holy Paladin, right now, after nerf, after nerf, after nerf, you are by far the squishiest person in the team. You are the one in melee and you don't have Fading Light, you don't have Shield of the Righteous Armor, you, you, you're giving away all of your juice to everybody else, you don't have a beacon, you can only sacrifice your teammates. You are so squishy. And then you're playing a Brackenhide, 31, 45 or 30 I guess, and you're just one... You're healing, you're dispelling, you're kicking, you have the only single target stun, so you're in charge of the Mystic the entire time. It is just so... My brain is just mush after this weekend. The Paladin, remove kick, just let the just let me heal, dude. Like, just, just let me manage something that isn't bites and, and dodging stormings while dispelling, healing people. Every time Robin, we're going to this Brackenhide, and Robin is like, Sacrifice. I'm like, okay, do I have bubble? No, I don't have bubble. Do I have bop? No, okay. I'm like, okay, I sack. And then I'm just like, while I'm getting mega blasted <laughs> from all of the sacrifice damage. And I'm just sitting there. I mean, I need like a month break after this one. Pal <laughs> Paladin has got to be the worst healing experience that ever. I, I want priest back. I want to play priest. Sorry, no. rant over. I died a lot. Well I remember like we were going to these polls and uh, it must have been like so overwhelming because I'm telling my healer is like okay blinding next yeah while he also while he also <laughs> kicks some mob stun another guy and um and the whole group's taking damage as well it's like uh I'm like this guy must be so so overwhelmed right now um well we're a bit full but I don't know you just uh you just had like the most buttons in the game and guys uh, you don't know the yeah, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, have a say after. I mean, it's just the. I think the Paladin is secretly the most broken spec. I, I think augmentation is, is of course, uh, like really, really broken, kind of. But the Paladin healer just has so many tools that really, it, it's really rough to play. And I and I tried to look at other teams playing as well. And I think it's just a theme. The Paladin is the person in the team that's like probably gonna die the most. It's just. Uh, it's just how it is. You're you're doing too many things. Yeah, I I, I can say, and the bracket that we did uh, when I checked the replay, Robin actually asked for on the 31 that we did on the double blob, uh, double old pull. Can, uh, Robin asked, "Yo, can you sack me again?" And kind of say, "Yeah." And then he sacked and bobbed himself. And then you can see in my replay how my mouse goes to the ray frame, and I just see Ken slowly dying, and then I started, instead of healing the tank, I started healing Ken because he was just like, his HP was more in danger than the tank. I was like, okay, let's not let, let the sack drop here from Ken because we need the sack on the tank. I mean, that's disaster. I, I don't know. Not good. Okay, we have one more question. Uh, Heels for Cash is asking, of all the retired regular affixes, which one would you prefer to return and which affix would it replace in a competitive point of view? Tobo, should we start with you? The old affixes that went away? Yeah, um, so of all the retired regular affixes, which one would you prefer to return? And uh, is there an affix you would replace for it? 
Were there any good ones? I don't even know. I don't remember a good one that went away. I want EPS explosives back. Re-pick. Yeah, <laughs> guys, get explosives back because I don't have to deal with them. That's Ken's job as well. Next I mean, it sounds like you don't have meeting. much to do, right? So I feel like if you, you should bring explosives back because, you know, just uh, sound bored, really. Explosives really sucked. That, that was a bad, like, bad experience all around. I don't. I can't think of a single like uh, epics that I would want to like return. Really, you don't want quaking back. Quaking was lit. Hmm. Quaking over sanguine. I mean, I would take it any day to run. Yeah, quaking over sanguine, but that's like that's like you're replacing a a really bad epics with a bad epics. It's like yeah, but you know the one gives like the whole team a little bit of not so much fun. And the other team mm-hmm. gives the whole team like absolutely no fun at all with Sanguin. Yeah. I, I, I think I would, I would take that trade, but yeah. But I think in general, all these, uh, let's say, standard affixes, they're just uh, uninteresting, kind of. And I think uh, if they were to bring seasonal affixes back, like in a good and interesting way, that would be uh, a much nicer path than trying to to bring all these let's say more annoying affixes just to make it harder like uh, the dungeons are so complex in themselves like you w- you walk into the first pole of vortex pinnacle you you it's just a it's a math equation to 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 not die and and really like play well so there's uh, enough on the plate we don't need more uh, storming or or whatever Yep. No, I think there's a couple of seasonal affixes which, uh, you know, encrypted or even awakened. There's a couple of, um, yeah, seasonal affixes that I suppose most of us wouldn't mind seeing again. There was teaming as well. I always thought with teaming, instead of it just duplicating, you know, additional mobs in the pack, that that would make some mobs, um, some packs really difficult to deal with, especially in King's Rest. There'd be a really scary pack and uh, it would duplicate what mobs were scary. So you basically had more of them and it would make that pack almost impossible to take but i always thought if they brought teaming back or they had some version of teaming where they kind of just duplicate like filler mobs inside inside some packs that weren't really that impactful but like added mobs that weren't too scary generally affixes that don't impact the dungeons too much and they're not too punishing if you fail them with especially of how regularly you see them you know sanguine a pool will drop every time you kill a mob so you're regularly going to see that through the dungeon and it being as impactful as it is is always i think uh the, the negative uh, part i would say yeah i think i think i mean ideas like teaming is cool but then again the i think the what i always think about in these scenarios uh, is if you play on live and you're pushing keys live with your friends and whatnot you're trying to gain score do you want every week to be a push week? Because let's say you get teaming and then uh, it's not properly calibrated and then teaming is just way worse there. You just can't do an optimal route. Um, then all of a sudden you, you're just like, once again, back to this scenario that was, uh, maybe that was more in uh, in Shadowlands, where it was just like push weeks that were 20% easier than the rest uh, so with all of that in mind, I'm completely okay with these uh, affixes not really mattering too much. I think Sanguine is the only affix that really still grinds my gears a bit. How would you change Sanguine if you could? I, I mean, I would take Sanguine Remove as it, it is, <laughs> and I would grab it in my hands, and I would put it, <laughs> put, put it in the bin, dude. That's, what, that's how I would do it. 
I don't even know if there's a good way to change Sanguine. It just makes absolutely... I mean, the, uh, I guess one way to make it maybe tiny bit... Okay, okay. Not really okay, okay. Bearable, I guess, is if the push wouldn't stack anymore. So right now, like, you randomly kill three mobs, one guy doesn't move, he's insta-full HP, and you're just despair phase instantly. Or you make it, like, cap out that can only heal a mob by 10% of his HP max or something. I, I don't know, like, it just, there needs to be some prevention of a pool dropping, a mob deciding to vape it out, and be 100% almost, yeah? And and then you just, ah, that's amazing. Such a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, it could heal way less, for example, but it could have, like, say, four ticks of small healing where the pool, like, kind of shrinks with every tick and it doesn't heal as much as it does because there are so many mobs that will just stand there in the sanguine, you know, counterplaying you a lot waiting for uh, the sanguine to drop and then stand in it. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely some ways, but the best is Ken's. I'm with Ken on the suggestion. In the bin. Or <laughs> in the bin, dude. <laughs> okay, we have another question from Miss Nicole 1989 Question to Zalia. Do you think Restoration Druid will ever, ever be meta for the Great Bush or MDI or Race to World First? Uh, I mean, I... I mean, Rest Druid was, uh, we just lost to Rest Druid in the Rest World First recently. So, I mean, it's somewhat meta and rating already, but for M Plus, uh, there's quite a long way from current Paladin, I'm afraid. I think uh, as soon as I locked onto Paladin on live after preparing Shaman and somewhat, uh, I was even looking at Druid, I remember in the beginning of, um, of, the, of even the expansion. But then as soon as you log on to the Paladin, you just realize, damn, you know, there's so much power in here. And uh, until they really like fully rework uh, the class with all of the tools, it's uh, it's rough for, for, for even just a healer without kick. Like for Druid, you need to get Skull Bash and then you have to go cat form and you have to charge in. It's just, yeah. I don't, I don't want to ramble on too much about like, uh, about healer uh, balance and whatnot, it's just uh, Paladin is just uh, too good. Uh, well, I think that that pretty much sums up the questions that we have had so far. Was there anything any of you wanted to say or talk about before we wrap things up? Any last minute tidbits? I was surprised that last minute didn't completely dominate the global finals as well <laughs> i'm actually yes, a bit yes. confused because uh, i asked um i asked james yesterday in dms you know jpc the man maybe you have heard of him maybe because um, he said uh, grats and whatnot and, I, and then i asked um i can't really tell if we popped off or if the other teams maybe fumbled a bit and then his reply was that we popped off but i'm still not 100% sold on the idea that we just really did well. It feels it feels like we really got dominated in that cup we played against last minute, and it didn't feel like uh, it felt it didn't feel like uh, let's say even last minute themselves were were at the same pace that they were on the cup. So I don't I don't know what happened. Maris, I don't know. It felt it felt like a bit of both. I think like I think you guys like. You guys played good, you know, it was like, uh, like you were like so much 
further ahead than anyone else and you'd like almost capped out every key apart from maybe the Brackenhide you could do 31 so right. I mean I think I mean that could have been a spicy one but um but like you basically capped out every single key and then and I mean everyone else was like one or two behind really it's like uh maybe uh maybe a little bit of I think but even on day one, I was, I think, the most surprised. Um, we were the only team to get one extra key. And yep. that's exactly the same way that we got dominated in our cup. Right. Our last, last, yeah. last minute did that to us. So we sat down, guys. We just got completely smoked. No more piss breaks, Robin. Robin was taking yeah. piss after every key. And yeah, 30 seconds here, one minute here. And we're like, Robin, no piss breaks. And then we, <laughs> we walk into global finals and we were the first team to start our key and we have the least downtime in between the keys as well i was just so surprised that uh, that we were able to like uh, do that without anybody else also following along let's say the the pace i think oh. the thing was like very impressive with uh, you guys was like how just like how quick you were in every single dungeon like the dungeon timers were just like quicker across the board and that's like kind of why you got this extra key i feel like in the end it's just like true you're just like faster yeah. you know i feel like compared to us especially we were literally like at some point we were like 30 minutes behind in dungeon timer alone you know it it felt like kind of bad because like we, we were just slow on the first day i don't know if we played like too safe or something or like our runs were not like our roots were not the best but i don't know you guys are just very very quick overall i feel I guess we had a clean day one. Yeah, that was probably I, I mean, our, maybe our best day. Even. I think it was our best day, probably. Even though the second day with the two shot Vortex Pinnacle was uh, was giving a good advantage as well in terms of like security and whatnot. And I think actually the Vortex Pinnacle, after rewatching it, can we we had the biggest nerd screams on the Vortex Pinnacle. I think. I was so. Yeah. That was a tight key for, yeah. for me personally, actually. I was worried about that key a lot. And I, that was really a relief to, to get that one done. But yeah. So, that was cool. good tournament. Well, kind of on the subject from AON22, how do you guys motivate uh, each other if something bad happens in the cups to stay focused and have positive vibes? Uh, or do we just yell at each other? Yeah, we just, we just yell at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck you, Ken. <laughs> Die Mike, again. Okay, this is a bit of maybe my, like leak from uh, insider knowledge here, but basically Mike walked onto Treemouth and then he got he died or something when he was trying to interrupt the mobs and then he said, Robin, you fucking suck. <laughs> and then uh, then we had yeah. to take like a two-day break from practice and the team almost imploded and then, uh, then we won the tournament. Yeah. We just came back strong from that. Yeah, you know, you know. Actually, there's this quote that I always carry with me. It's from um, it's from Kelly Clarkson. She said, uh, "What doesn't kill you make you stronger." So wise words. Yeah, with that force, we we uh, we, we took the win this weekend. That's by the way, guys. That's why Ken keeps us low HP because what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So we learn. Yeah, there you I go. Think, I think when you spend like this much time together every single day, you can like fall into like definitely just fall into these arguments like 
more than more than once you know it's like it's just gonna happen eventually right like oh wait uh, your team your team was fighting wait i was like no, half joking. No. <laughs> not not like not like fighting but just it's just like you have these like disagreements or like you're not like screaming at each other but um but but it's like you know you just spend like this much time together it's like something something's gonna happen at some point and it's like it just happens you gotta like get through it again i think yeah yeah i mean spending a lot of time with each other is really good for building synergy but yeah definitely mm -hmm. gonna be uh it's good good with the bad right so i think that is the last question that we have it's been amazing to sit down and talk to you guys it's been really really great hearing from mirrors and zelia from your perspective and also having tobo from legendary having your perspective as well it's been really nice to sit down and talk obviously the echo chamber would be nothing without elgato powering it we have our wonderful elgato mics here and uh yeah like i said wouldn't be wouldn't be with able to happen without them don't forget guys you can also get 20 percent off of your merch do exclamation merch in the chat ends or end of august and the code is echo tgp you can see all of our merch here you can get one yourself and i think that that is a wrap thank you so much for coming along and chatting with us all and everybody in chat as well thank you for being here congratulations thank again <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure having you here, Tobo. Ne next time, you, you will need to get the metal as well, you know, so you can join Maybe. join the podest. I mean, I actually, have bronze medals already. True, but also next time it's probably going to be Lan, right? Hopefully, we believe. Surely. That would be awesome. Lan. That's <laughs> See you at Lan. Lan. See you at Lan, guys. Yes. <laughs> Lan tournaments would be so much better. Less stress because you're already. Okay, random thought here. <laughs> Sorry, if you go to LAN, these five-hour stretches, they're, very, they're less stressful because you have already achieved something by qualifying to the event. I'm 100% certain of this. When you're playing at home, there is, uh, there's more at stake because you are just in your basement, uh, you know, so invested in something online and it's just a really bad feeling when it doesn't work out. But if you are at a LAN event, you are already you are next to all your friends and your enemies, I guess. And, and it's just, it's an experience in itself. So losing and uh, it's just uh, so much better. And I pray that we will have land tournaments uh, at some point in time again. Also, no yeah. internet issues. True. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Actually, can have some internet issues, true. But I don't need to talk about it now. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I, <laughs> it's fine. Like a quick, a quick one. Like, I actually remember we were walking into this uh, triple executor poll uh, in Vortex Pinnacle, like right at the end. And then I see a uh, healer, like, running on the spot, you know, like when someone legs out. No. And then, oh, no. It's like, I, I said, Igloo's like that. <laughs> like, because uh, he, he wasn't saying anything either. But we, like, just walked into the poll and he came back after five seconds and i mean there was no internet issues for the rest of the tournament but that could have been very uh very bad i saw your life flash before your eyes already nightmare fuel is like he yeah. healer dc on triple execution pull and you're like it's jova <laughs> yeah pretty scary stuff <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again to Elgato for powering episode five of the Echo Chamber. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.